Coming to you reunited from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Adam, it is good to be back. Happy, happy to have you back. Are I mean, you, though? I, I kind of feel like you guys may have liked it a little bit more when we were not here. I need more people. I think Catherine and Pacti are both like, well, Catherine has just a ton of work to do. Pacti has his exam tomorrow. I think they benefited from the quiet, mm. I think would be my tactful way of putting it. Um, I'm definitely happy to have you back, but I, I think the thing is, you guys were like, oh, we might go for a day or two. You stayed for, not quite, for what, five days, six days? Five, yeah, five days. So I think, like, it worked. I think you guys are going to become that, like, commuting couple, um, but because it doesn't matter anymore, you can commute whatever days of the week you want. Like, you could go to your, you know, your weekend house for, like, Monday to Wednesday, and then come back here Thursday through Saturday, and then go away Sunday. I think with no traffic, with the car parked outside, you guys are going to find yourselves going to New Jersey uh, more often than you might anticipate. Yeah, no, I I think that (laughs) maybe not more than we might anticipate, because I think we are going to go a decent amount now that we've realized it's pretty easy to get out there. There's really no barrier to it, so we're probably going to go back at some point next week. But I'm just waiting for someone to say the word. Pacti, Catherine, as soon as they're like, get these fuckers out of here, they just need to say it, and boom, I'm out of here. It'll take me 20 minutes to pack everything up, and then I will jet. Yeah, just don't take Momo. Ah, that's, you know, that's hard. There are a lot more animals out there for her to befriend. There's a whole family of deer uh, who we get to interact with every morning, so I I feel like if Momo wants some more... Critter friends, you know, New Jersey could be a good place. No, because, and John Merwin, our guest, will back me up, birds are often killed by cats. Outdoor cats slaughter migratory songbirds. If Uh. you have a cat, letting it out means that they will be killing birds. Well, it's a good thing that I think Momo is decidedly an indoor cat. She normally lives in a... One room, two, two room, two room apartment in New Haven. So I think she's an indoor cat. With the backyard that Momo hangs out in. I didn't know she hangs out in the backyard. Yeah, Catherine lets Momo into okay, the backyard. Okay, but I did ask Catherine if Momo has ever brought her some prey and if that would make her proud if Momo, you know, showed that she could fend for herself in the wild. And killed and... a migratory songbird. No, just killed like a little New Haven rat. Killed a little Yale student, you know? Just brought her a little Yale student yeah. in her fangs. Uh, and the answer is no. Momo has never taken down a Yale student or a rat, for that matter. I will say, um, when I first started dating Catherine, we were hanging out in her backyard with Momo, and a stray cat came into the yard and, like, scared Momo a lot, and Momo, like, ran off. And I was, like freaking out because I was thinking oh my god I'm just getting to know Momo what if Momo never comes out Mm. and second I was thinking Catherine's gonna freak out like what's Catherine gonna do now that this foreign cat has come in spooked Momo Momo's run under the fence too the Catherine was like very calm and was like Momo will come back like and if she doesn't I'll go get the treats and then Momo will really come back and I was like (laughs) oh okay I can I can see myself with this person because in this circumstance where I'm completely terrified, they are very calm. And I think that's an admirable 
a very admirable trait. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing we're not dating then, because calm is not something many people have described me as. I think at work, I'm extremely calm. I've learned over the years to become a stress absorber, or I've tried at least to become more of a stress absorber than I naturally am. I think, though, that then in the rest of my life, just all my stress comes out. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think I, I'm also someone who, like, does not get stressed at work, but I don't like reallocate that like you are a sponge right like you take all the stress mm. in and then like you get home and someone squeezes the sponge and like some of it comes back out whereas i think for me i'm just like a vacuous black hole where like just throw stress at me and i'm like i don't care this doesn't matter like i don't know why you're stressed and then i get home and i'm like well, I don't even really remember what I did all day, and I'm not worried about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that is an admirable, an admirable trait that I would like to work on. So, Adam, we don't have a guest tonight because um, I, it's I my know, fault. Just, it's my fault. Kind of fucked up. I but... thought I would get a guest, and then I was spent like much longer than anticipated, just having like an amazing Zoom with the people I kayak down the Grand Canyon with. And we got 12 of the 16, so we're on our way. Um, and now everyone has been on a Zoom at least once, just never at the same time. Mm. And we had, like, a conversation that covered, you know, everything. Where people are, what they're doing, who's traveled where, hot gossip, um, you know, who is uh, who has new romance drama, who's been shopping for vintage lingerie, um, you know, all the, all the normal, all the normal topics. Mm, that's so nice. You know, it's really nice to, what, one thing that I have found, um, maybe a little bit moving about this moment is that people have reconvened groups that don't normally reconvene. You know, my, my relatives are having Zoom calls with college groups that they hadn't talked to in 30 years and... All kinds of stuff like that. And that's kind of nice. And I do hope that continues after all this ends. Although, to bring us to a new topic, it sounds like this is not any anytime soon. I recently heard that CNN told their employees they're not going back to work until September. Wow. Well, I think, so, to the first point, it's really hard because people are busy, right? And if you get a group that's more than, like, five people, it's impossible to find a time where everyone's free. Um... So I think that's why we're having so much success now. I don't think it's people are, I think part of it's really people are bored, want something to do, but that happens all the time. It's just now everyone is bored at the exact same moment in that everyone is bored all the time. So I think when it does go back to normal, this will be hard to maintain. Yeah, to your point that this is going to go on for a while. Yeah, I don't, I just don't see how it ends because we don't have the testing we need. And the second wave thing is super, super real. And depending on how it mutates, that's could be really bad. So I am starting to come to terms with the fact that like, could be here for a long time, trying to think about like, can you still go on vacation? Like, what does that look like? Like come summer, for example. I think you can go on vacation. I think the take a week off, you know, I... Well, I don't want to go on vacation here. I'm saying like, could no, my... that's that's what I'm saying. You know, take a week off, rent a house somewhere you guys have a house in the vineyard you know there's there's no reason that your family couldn't go on vacation as long as you guys have all quarantined yourselves for two weeks know you're all healthy and you're not going to get your parents sick 
I don't see a reason not to do that. Yeah, so that's just a crazy thought to me because, you know, I was looking forward to the summer. Your, your point about CNN not coming back until September, um, you know, that's making grad school look less and less likely. Um, just from, you know, like, are they going to have the semester in person? And if they're not, like, I don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars for Zoom well, University. Here's, here's an interesting question, though, and I talked to a friend at length who's supposed to go to HBS uh, two days ago about this. Um, and they're in a tough position because it seems more and more likely that the first semester it's going to get put online. Um, I think there are at least a few universities already that have acknowledged they think the fall semester is going to be online. And you obviously would want to defer if you can in that case. If you have a job that would let you defer, makes sense to do so. But if you're the admissions dean at any of these schools... Once you let one person defer... Everyone defers. Everyone defers. And then your whole business model kind of falls apart. Yeah, but... So here's my thinking, right? I think this is going to destroy some of the smaller schools, right? Like, this would be really bad. But I think the more well-off institutions, the ones with the large endowments, right? And understand that they can't use the endowments for operating costs, right? But, like, they would still be able to weather this, Um they are going to have to let people do this because I just don't see how people would be willing to spend all this money to do something like this, especially when so many people have things that can't be done remotely. My, like, labs that I did in school, I can't do that remotely. Like, people are trying to learn techniques for the real world. People are need to be in a school. Mm. And some things can go remote just fine. Just fine being a relative term, right? Like, my history classes, I would have hated to do that remotely. But I could have done it remotely. The archival research and stuff would not have happened, which would be a bummer, but that's plausible. But I don't understand how my mechanical engineering class would have worked where, like, a critical part of it is learning how to use a CNC machine, learning how to turn stuff on a lathe. Like, those things are skills that you cannot be taught remotely. And therefore, if I'm supposed to take mechanical engineering, why would I do that? So I think, I think ultimately things are going to shift to either September, things are going to shift, sorry, are going to shift to spring semester, things are going to shift to a quarter system, more like, for example, like mm. UChicago or maybe a system like Dartmouth that has a strong summer semester and things are just going to get distributed. Like in the short term, I think you're going to see a collapse of the like traditional fall spring and programming is going to get a lot more distributed. And I mean, as I think about it, like I obviously want to go to grad school, but if it's do your first semester remotely or keep your job and have income for another year, like, it would suck, but I, I, I don't really, it's not a question for me, right? Yeah, I'm really curious to see what schools decide to do, because I do think even if there are ways to distribute it, it's, even for the best-funded schools, it's going to be really hard to let people defer, because that has such a domino effect for later years. If you let a whole class defer this year, well, then it's really hard to admit anyone to show up next year. And so 
I really wonder what sort of stance schools are going to take on, on letting people defer. And, and I think anyone who's thinking about going to grad school, you know, Dana's in this position too. It's really hard to imagine like what your first term is going to be like online. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think what schools did during World War II, what schools did during Vietnam, if, if any of the closed, if any of the schools closed. Uh, I know that Yale during World War II kind of became like a military training ground in a lot of ways, I think. But, you know, this is a really interesting thing. Um, this crisis, people keep saying it's a war. Cuomo uses all these war metaphors. It's really different from a war. It's, it's in many ways the opposite, actually. A war, like we've all got to come together. We all have to sort of do something. This is like the opposite we got to stay apart. We can't do anything. Um, and so, you know, Yale's, I, I know that Yale's attendance swelled during the wars as, uh, you know, more people came and, like, spent time on campus getting ready to go to war. This is the opposite. I think campuses are going to be totally empty. It's interesting because colleges, to some degree, started this, Right. Like, I disagreed a lot with Catherine when she made this point, but she was like, the fact that Harvard decided to send all their students home, that was something that mattered. And that was like a moment where people woke up. I think I disagree with like it being Harvard specifically or just Wait, like... what's Yeah, what's, what's Harvard? Harvard? It's yeah, a, it's a trade school by um, in Cambridge oh, down the road from uh, MIT. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know that one because that's where the car talk guys went. Yes, exactly. Um, they're... Uh, they used to have that sign hanging up in uh, Harvard Square over the building that sold Curious George uh, toys. Mm. But yes. anyway, um, I think like they will, that decision to send everyone home was like shocking at the time. And I think if they decide sometime in the near term to say like, hey, fall semester is going to be remote, people are not allowed to come back yet, I think that's going to be another shocking thing because they have such whole um, yeah and they're big right like they yeah, it's a lot of students i think yeah. it's like 30 that how many 21 million students between undergraduate and graduate 21 million in the u.s oh i was gonna say at harvard i was gonna say wow harvard extension schools gotten really big recently no, no no and that 21 million does include students who are already distance learners um but obviously most of them are uh are in person. Mm. I actually did some some work uh, on this recently on kind of higher education. And one very interesting thing is that the higher education market has seen a lot of growth from international students. However, mm. that has really been falling off a cliff due to some of Trump's policies. And what's interesting is people are super worried about next year and the year after because all of the recruiting events got canceled. Mm. So all the events saying like, oh, you should apply... All of those got canceled, um, and there's certain schools that have actually had their debt downgraded by the rating agencies because people are worried about how many international students will be able to attend and how that will affect their bottom line. A lot of state schools, for example, make a lot of money from out-of-state students mm. who are international. Um, and then kind of the last higher ed fact, and then we can chat about whatever else, is Higher education is counter-cyclical. So what we mean by that is 
the economy is cyclical, right? There are ups and there are downs, and we have obviously just entered it down. But what you see is that right after a down, more people go to school. So for example, after the Great Recession, higher education student uh, enrollment increased starting in 2010, pretty rapidly. What people are saying now though that's very interesting is no one knows how long this will last. And in the Great Recession, people didn't know either, but there was this sense of, okay, this is a recession, this is gonna take a while to come out of. Here, people still think that like maybe everything will be fixed by the fall. So if that's the case, you're not gonna see that enrollment bump that's gonna stop people. If we get to the fall and it's not fixed yet, people will be like, well, maybe it'll only take till the spring. Mm. And that kind of lack of clarity on how long this is makes it really hard, as we were just discussing, discussing to make decisions and therefore people aren't sure if you're going to get the enrollment bump you you might otherwise anticipate from a downturn yeah you know the last thing i'll say is it's very interesting i read somewhere there's some school i don't remember which school it is but they've taken out like a 60 million dollar insurance policy on some calamity preventing their international students from coming and they've actually now been able i think to collect on that insurance policy I certainly hope there's some kind of reinsurance on it, too, so the insurer wasn't uh, just completely holding the bag. I think, was it Urbana? I think that's right. I think that's right, in Illinois. Yeah. Well, um, lots, lots to talk about. We still got to talk about sports. Cause we I still got to talk about sports. We got to talk about sports and coronavirus. You know, Tour de France. We got to talk about that. Rescheduled. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. This has been Chronopod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Chronopod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat. 